Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, 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 oh. Thanksgiving surge in my pants. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, boys and girls. I'm your co-host, Joel. All I want for Christmas is some Airbnb shares, Cheeseman. <laughs> and I'm Chad. I just want to use a fucking Airbnb so wash. This week's show, Indeed Watch It's Back and Hawaii Wants You and Oh How I Want Hawaii. I need a lay, a pina colada, and some sunscreen stat. Jobvite has changed our recruiting process by making us more nimble. We're able to hire faster. That means that things like where it would take us weeks to get approvals from hiring managers or the next level up, that's now minutes. It's one of the best cutting-edge tools out there available for talent acquisition today. I would absolutely recommend uh, Jobvite to my peers. It allows you to get in front of talent that other tools won't do. 2020 is off the fucking rails, okay? We've got AI machine guns killing people. And (laughs) did you see the SpaceX launch yesterday? Oh, yeah. Uh, Would you call that a launch? Well, it was a launch, not a landing. Yeah, yeah, it was not a landing. That was my point. It was a launch. It was cool as hell. You never knew what was happening because it was a a different type of landing. It just wasn't one of those straight down landings that had kind of like a glide in and then it swung over so that it could land. And had a Jersey curve there at the end. Just kind of couldn't straighten out. (laughs) <laughs> didn't quite do that in the uh but that was one hell of a an explosion though i have to say it was it was uh past the eggnog i say yeah damn it christmas is christmas is coming oh. have you guys bought a tree like what's what's the sowash house household look like uh as empty nesters uh yeah well again it's just julie and myself and and uh-huh. that being said happy 29th birthday to the executive director of disability solutions podcast co-host of crazy and the king and my lovely wife julie Sowash. uh we uh we, we just run around doing whatever we want it's not really christmasy around here because we're not mm-hmm. that big into to decorations in the first place and since the kids yeah. aren't around i mean we're not doing it for ourselves so our house looks like the Griswold starter kit. It's kind of, uh, we have, we have three trees currently up, um, lights on the house, inflatables in the front yard. Uh, the sidewalk is lined with candy canes and some sort of like peppermint swirl, uh, little decoration. So it's, 
we went all out this year and, and we we put it up right after uh, actually we started before thanksgiving because we thought fuck it 2020 let's get in the spirit we did it burger king style and we launched uh christmas a little early this year so <laughs> it's all good we, all we need is snow damn it snow would really uh complete the picture but i'm not sure we're gonna get that in the midwest this year at least in our neck of the woods yeah well you're doing enough for both of our homes so i I appreciate oh sure yeah Yeah. for sure for sure i think we're keeping it up till february 14th (laughs) valentine's day we'll we'll take everything down everything down so uh are you are you uh do you have a buy order for those airbnb shares and did you buy some doordash DoorDash shares yesterday. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? So first off, the door. I, I'm not going to buy into DoorDash. I think DoorDash is is uh, artificially inflated because of what's going on now. It's COVID, right? We're going to go back sure. to somewhat of a normal later, and then you know everything's going to flush out. Airbnb, on the other hand, is something entirely different. Uh, Huge in, in, in their yeah in their pre uh, IPO, some of the information came out that ninety percent of the traffic that goes to Airbnb, the app or the website yeah. is totally organic. It, it's it's direct, which means they're not spending money on Facebook. They're not spending money on Google and, and they don't need those other pieces. They are a lifestyle platform. We talk about lifestyle platforms all the time. They have become a lifestyle platform. So I believe them easily. Uh, you put some cash into them over DoorDash any day. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, Air, DoorDash competition, well-funded competition. Yeah. I mean, w- one of these companies went public because of the the virus, yep. and one of them went public despite the virus. Uh, and uh, Airbnb long term, we we're not an investment show. Don't everybody buy a bunch of these things and blame us uh, when they go down? <laughs> but uh, DoorDash to me is 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 a it's just an opportunist in terms of the the virus. Now they are talking about they'll be able to deliver, you know, pharmaceuticals from Walgreens, and and they'll be sort of the last mile for for things. So yeah, so we'll see what happens. But but Airbnb, I mean, they're globally known. Uh, you talk about the ninety percent traffic. I mean, we talk about brand awareness a lot yes. too on the show. Yes, and these guys have really uh, solidified a, a solid brand. Um, if if people haven't heard our our Douglas Atkin series, uh, they should. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing Douglas is drinking a really expensive wine uh, <laughs> on a beach somewhere in in, uh, in Italy because he's a rich man uh, after today. Um, so yeah, I think. And then you look at the work, you know, the work environment in terms of you know what we talk about on the show. Look, people are going to want to go to offices, but not like big ass headquarters like before. Younger people, I think, are going to want to be have flexible workspaces. And Airbnb is sort of really primed to take all this commercial real estate that's empty and turn it into some sort of fun Airbnb workplace, whatever, where you just sign in, pay by the hour or pay by whatever. And uh, I think that's a whole opportunity for them and the experiences as well. I mean, they launched that quite a while ago and right. it's, it's a huge business. And I think that's only going to get bigger as people get the fuck out of the house and want to do some shit. <laughs> yeah. If uh, WeWork doesn't die because of this, they haven't died yet, right? Um, they, I think they, they, will, no. they, they will see a huge explosion. There will be cheaper office space available. Mm-hmm. People will want to have, quote unquote, offices, just not headquarter type offices. 
yep. yeah, I think there's going to be a different appeal to how we do work. I, I hope. I hope we don't go back to the 1950s. Uh, get your ass in the chair at 8 a.m. Yeah, I think they'll they'll have like corporate credits, and companies will give employees Airbnb credits for cor- uh, commercial. I don't know time at time in offices and whatever wherever they want to go whatever they want to do. Yep. So I think it's I think it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of macroeconomic issues, I, I I'm curious about the movie industry. AT and T, Warner Media, HBO Max. This, oh yeah. Uh, I don't know this week or recently talked about they're releasing all their movies in in conjunction with in this you know in the in the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, it's a gangster move. It's the ultimate sort of subscription movie theaters sort of suck for the most part. And yeah. you going to more movies than anyone I know. What's, what's your take on the whole future of movie theaters um, at home movies? Like what I assume you like that you can watch Wonder Woman 1984 in your house. Yeah. Or you're going to be the first one in line at the theater when uh, the vaccine goes around. No, fuck that. I'm not going to. It's so much more expensive to go to the theater in the first place. And not to mention, I think Disney Plus hopefully has shown us what movies look like in the future when Mulan came out. Now, that wasn't a big name, but yet. You have to be a Disney Plus subscriber to have access to all of their awesome content. But on the new movies like Mulan, you had to pay thirty bucks. Thirty bucks yep. is cheap, man. You could have a you could have a private screening in your house with all your friends and family. Think of uh, being able to do that with Star Wars. Or the yeah. or or what's coming out the new Marvel movies that are coming out right Black Widow, I think that is something that will help them drive more cash to their bottom line, and yeah. it, it it's obviously siphoning it out of the the movie theaters now. An, an entirely different piece uh, is HBO Max. HBO Max is doing this because most people who have HBO aren't mm-hmm. streaming HBO Max, which I don't understand. So. Yeah. They're doing this as a free kind of tug to say, hey, look, download the app. You have it for free. You're already a subscriber. So they can boost their subscription. What they haven't said yet is if they do boost that subscription, will they do what Disney Plus did on all those other movies? Will they say, yes, here we go. You have access to them because you're HBO Max uh, user, but it's going to be 30, 50, 15. Who knows? how much more it'll cost. But I think that's the future of what we're looking at and going to a big screen. I think those days are still there, but they're, they're not going to be there for long. So Wonder Woman is, is as I understand it, not an, not an additional fee like Mulan was. It's not. So do you think that's the future where we're going to, no, no, this is the, the reason they did Wonder Woman like this. It's a huge box office hit. They're going to pull, all those people who are not using HBO Max today into that app. Now, hopefully they'll get smart and actually get it on Roku and and, and, and the Fire Stick because they don't have it there yeah. yet, dumbasses. But yeah. <laughs> if they do that, they'll be able to pull their subscriber base on and then they can start doing Disney Plus shit. Yeah. So what happens to the traditional movie theater? What happened to the drive-in movie theaters? They died. <laughs> there was one there was one per town uh in the midwest where there was still land available yep there was there was not anymore kids 
part of me thinks like the IMAX experience could still work, like to still have a screen as big as, you know, a billboard and right. 3D and surround sound like that people will still do that. Yeah. And the it, other part of me, like, I, like, I like the, the eat, the dining and movie thing <laughs> and drinking. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a night out. It's like a date night or it's, you know, it's something unique and special. Yeah. So those two things I think could work. Otherwise, yes. there's nothing about a movie theater that's better than your house. No. Yeah. I think more yeah. upscale date night, big, big movies. Like again, Star Wars, Star Wars movies. You could see those like, you know, synchronous drops where they're going to mm-hmm. an IMAX and they're also on Disney plus. Uh, yep. they're, they're obviously are going to be all those people who want to dress up like Boba Fett to go see it at the IMAX. That's cool. <laughs> You know, but it's going to cost more. There's no question than it used to. Uh, And you'll also be able to have all your Boba Fett buddies over to your house and watch it on your TV for a hell of a lot less. Yeah. And speaking of making movies and experience, I'm committed to watching Wonder Woman 1984 with my 1984 flock of seagulls hairstyle. So that's (laughs) that's how I'm how I'm celebrating this uh, momentous occasion. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I shout out out, uh, to Hyundai. Hyundai, 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 who's who's apparently like going to be the sixth or seventh or 20th owner of Boston Dynamics, <laughs> uh, the, the makers of the freaky deaky robot dog yep. uh, that has scared scared internet viewers for almost a decade now, I think. Uh, they're apparently buying the company for $1 billion. Keep in mind, Google bought this 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 company a while ago and then said, we're out of the business. So <laughs> what is, is this? Is this a statement on robots? Is it a statement on Boston Dynamics just doesn't get it right as opposed to someone like iRobot who just says, we'll have a robot vacuum your house instead of like kick your dog uh to the shelter what what are your thoughts yeah i'm i'm thinking uh military that's all the only thing i can think about these types of uh these types of uh companies because they are they're on the cutting edge of what's going to be next uh and being able to go out to the the american population or any any country and say hey look we don't have to fight wars with humans anymore isn't this a great thing hyundai getting into it much like honda's into it i don't understand other than maybe every new hyundai sonata comes with a a robot chauffeur i don't i don't know (laughs) well obviously there's some smart people there that could maybe help self-driving stuff but all but also uber just abandoned uh its self-driving um initiative i believe this week so driverless stuff and robots i don't know the the verdict is still out on on that stuff and you mentioned sort of in the opening the ai drone machine gun thing yeah you saw that right like what the hell was that about yeah i mean technology is fucking scary it it really is the, the iranian scientist who was assassinated apparently ai and and machine gun drone machine gun was responsible for the death or something. Yeah. And everything was from, from at least news reports and you can never fucking know, uh, was uh, via satellite. So, you know, having all the geo position positioning and whatnot and, uh, the scientist who was killed, his wife was right beside him. He was pumped full of lead. And so was his bodyguard who jumped in front of him, but she wasn't hit that. Yeah is scary because that's fucking accuracy that's ai yeah 11 shots i got nothing i got nothing (laughs) shout out to william shakespeare 
No, not that William Shakespeare. Uh, so England started to shoot up their residents with the vaccine. The number two guy oh. who got a shot was named William Shakespeare. I don't know if there's anything more British than that. Some dude named William Shakespeare. The second guy after him was Winston Churchill. Uh, <laughs> and then after that was King Henry or something like that's, uh, I don't know. They do it different out there in England, I guess. Shout out to, to Talent Function in Elaine uh, over there, Talent Function. They were acquired by Cielo. Uh, this is all about consulting, baby. It, it obviously, consulting brings cash into in-house, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Cielo has been trying to figure out how to do that for years. So that's your answer. Go buy a, nice. a consulting company, bring them in-house. Shout out to Spotify List. I don't know if you've seen this, but people are sharing their Spotify hot list for the year. Yes. Uh, and, and many folks have us, this damn show, at the top of the list. Uh, Adam Gordon comes to mind. Uh, so we appreciate the listeners and the Spotify listeners as well. You can hear us on anything, but Spotify is the only one that's been smart enough to like get some social media action out of their uh, top list this yeah. year. Yeah, they're, they're smart. Uh, Dennis Tupper and also Grant Clough. Uh, Grant had us uh, ranked above uh, Joe Rogan. So I'm waiting for our 100 million to come in from Spotify any day now. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Apple's new headphones. Yes, leave it to Apple to have a pair of headphones that cost about the same as a PS5. I think they're up to (laughs) PS5 now. So, yeah, that's that's brand brand power, baby. Pricing power at Apple. I'm doubting that won't be under your tree this year. It cracks me up because Scott Galloway says that buying anything Apple is an IQ test. And in this case, I agree 100%. Only dumb motherfuckers are buying those. No, it's people that want to show off their uh, their intelligence. and uh, It's called fuck you money is what it is. Their, their, <laughs> their superior DNA yes. over Android Android users. That must burn you up when he he talks about Android users in such degrading terms. No, he's he's a fucking academic. I mean, he looks down his nose at everybody who doesn't do things exactly <laughs> like he does. I mean, you know, it's like I would love to have a conversation with him, but every other sentence I'd be like, "Fuck you, Scott." <laughs> but that's cool. That's fine. That's how. That's who we are. That's. That's the world, baby. That's who we Opposing are. Opposing opinions. Shout out to Transform. I don't know if uh, if anybody was was watching, but you and I made a, a cameo appearance. Fire and bourbon and uh, Santa hats and all kinds of stuff. But that was a lot of fun. And Transform knows how to how to put on a virtual conference like nobody else. That was a lot of fun. And by the way, the the woman who introduced us as the Ch- the Chad and and Chase show. <laughs> Uh, that, that brought me down to earth big time. So I had the Spotify list and then I had the Chad and chase show. Ah, no, my name is not chase cheeseman. Not, not easy being chase. Let me tell you. It ain't easy being cheesy, baby. Topics. (laughs) All right. So have you ever been stood up on a date then texted the next day with, sorry about that. My bad. Yeah. Welcome to the top news segment we recorded and then had to cut because we were stood up. Anywho, we thought we'd make lemons into lemonade and give you a hint, just a little something for you to grind on until the news is actually broken. Here's the hint. A major player in our space is about ready to snap up a video platform. What kind of video platform? A platform dedicated to video interviewing? Maybe. What about video resumes? That's a thing. 
Video branding? I've heard of that. What about video-powered job fairs? Those are popular. Or maybe it's a version of video I haven't even mentioned. Ask yourself, who needs video? Who wants video? Who is gonna get video? Watch for a Chad and Cheese shred, a bite of breaking news to drop with that answer. And until then, enjoy our regularly scheduled program. So, so we agree this is a little bit of an odd acquisition. Yes. I, I like it. I just think, I, I think it's, it's going to be good in about five years. Yeah, interesting. Well, video is, is continues to be hot. Uh, also announced this week, my interview yep. uh, got 5 million for video interviewing. Uh, my interview has been used by more than 2000 companies, mostly in the United States and UK. Uh, they have a strategic partnership. Uh, this is kind of their big one uh, with Reed. Uh, .co.uk, the largest job search site in the UK. Yeah, that's big. Uh, so far, more than 2 million candidates have used my interview. So video is is high. Yeah. Well, for me, for any core platform that's out there, this is table stakes. If you don't have this uh, and you don't have like a key partner to be able to help you do this, I mean, you're, you're not even a part of the conversation anymore. So I think anybody who has a core platform, whether it's a CRM or uh, applicant tracking system, this, I mean, th- they have to have these platforms, these names, my interview and many of the other ones, mm-hmm. they have to be like constantly in contact with them and really gauging how many people are using them. I mean, the, the, the partnership with Reed, I think is big. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, to me, a lot of these feel like they're ripe to just be destroyed by someone like Zoom, right? Like 15 years ago, do you remember job boards had their own video platforms, right? Yeah. Like remember my my video, my jobbing video or something? I'm mean, like, people had video, their own stuff. And then yeah. YouTube came along and said, oh yeah, video, like we're free, we're HD, we have better reach, we can do all these things. Like it's not going to take much for Zoom or someone that really, really, really gets video really well to start providing APIs or like plugins to these things uh, to where that's the that's the default that people use for for video. Like I just feel like these these solutions are going to get crushed. It goes beyond video though. It goes into transcriptions. It goes into being able to share and rank. I mean, there's so many different pieces in one of these uh, video interviewing interfaces that you can't just plunk video into a platform and go there you go. So Zoom would actually have to work uh, mm-hmm. on building an interface for. Uh, HR and talent acquisition. And I don't see that happening. No? No. How about Slack that has a video uh, platform in Salesforce? It's too much of a pain in the ass. LinkedIn, LinkedIn video? Yes, maybe LinkedIn because that this is their space. Yeah. I, I knew I'd finally get to one eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, so they weren't the only one getting money this week. Uh, Code Signal caught our eye. What yes. happened with them? I, I love these guys. So $25 million in Series B, $37 million in total. Uh, Code Signal is a technical assessment platform dedicated to helping companies uh, go hashtag go beyond. Hashtag. 
resumes <laughs> in uh, in tech recruiting. I love when that's put out in the press release. I know, right? More hashtags and press releases. God damn it. Give me a break, guys. Uh, but I mean, they, they, they put out that employment of engineers is projected to grow by 22%, adding uh, approximately, you know, over 300,000 new jobs in the US. And from my standpoint, for any company that does development, front end, back end, any type of coding whatsoever, this is this is the silver bullet. Yeah. Platforms like this, right? You have you have Code Signal, you have uh, Codeify, you have woven teams here in 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 Indi- Indianapolis, Hacker yeah. Rank. Uh, because if you think about it, these technical recruiters. They, they're for the most part, they're not programmers. You didn't say dice, Chad. Did you forget yeah. about dice? When I'll, you I'll, were get, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> so most of these technical recruiters, they don't know how to program. So these coding platforms get them to the point where the recruiter already knows, yes, they know how to code. They've passed all these tests, right? They've been certified. Now we can have the conversation with this individual. This is what scalability and technology is about. And it is so smart because talent acquisition doesn't know this and they're looking for a silver bullet. And one of yep. these types of platforms are perfect for this. You know, we mentioned uh, Jobvite a little earlier, and we just did a, an interview with them in regards to their uh, survey that they put out every year. And one yeah. of the one of the data points that really sort of surprised me was the twenty percent decrease in usership of uh, of LinkedIn. Yeah, and I know a lot of that is because of Seek Out and and sourcing tools, but I think a lot of it too is there just aren't very many engineers on LinkedIn. And people are using services like this in terms of where am I going to spend budget to find technical folks? And these guys, I think, continue to, to take chunks out of uh, the pie that uh, that LinkedIn enjoys and will continue to do so. Some of their customers include big names like Instacart, Robinhood, Upwork and Zoom, who we just who we just talked about. So yeah. they're. They're no joke. They, they're they legit for sure. Yeah. Well, two weeks ago, I tagged Dice and DHI as 2020's turkey of the year because this is exactly what they should be doing. And they're being outflanked by a bunch yep. of more nimble and smarter startups. So Art, Art, buddy, listen up. <laughs> Dice should acquire these guys or a platform like them. Uh, unfortunately, yep. I feel like I'm talking to air because you know they won't. And if they did, they would just totally fuck it up anyway. So just forget what I just said. <laughs> Older platforms like Dice, mm-hmm. I don't know how they didn't see these things coming. I don't know how they didn't become this. They had the community and then the community said, guess what? We don't want what you have anymore. We want mm-hmm. something different and this is it. Hubris is a nasty thing. I mean, at least pull some Zuckerberg shit and just copy it and see what happens. You know, like <laughs> TikTok. Oh, let's just launch reels and see if we can compete with these guys. They don't even have the innovative genius to copy all the stuff that's that's innovative. Come on, Art. Your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on Job AdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. 
Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Watch out, Indeed. Watch your back. Watch your back. So our, bu- our buddies at Jobiak. Yes, you're actually saying it right. Jobiak or jo- 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 Jobiak. Okay, Jobiak. Jobiak. Yes, Jobiak. Uh, who, who we know as being optimize your jobs for Google for Jobs. Wow. Uh, we did a Voices series uh, with them. If you haven't checked that out, go to chatcheese.com slash voices. It's a great interview. Yeah. And, and I don't remember if he mentioned this in the interview or if it was sort of like when the mic was off. It was when the mic was off. Yeah. Yeah, so he he sort of gave us a sneak peek into job postings and job search, and we're going to have an engine and blah, blah, blah. So they finally did it. Um, it's called the All Jobs Job Board, and it's essentially aggregating uh, – they're essentially aggregating corporate sites, government shit, just stuff from all around the web, and yeah. making making it a search engine. My, my personal sense initially was like, okay, this is kind of stupid, but <laughs> – but but then I thought about it a little more and I thought, you know what? If Indeed can leverage Google to become what Indeed was, yeah. why can't Jobiak leverage Indeed or leverage Google to become something bigger? So so if Jobiak who's who's you know, purpose for living is to optimize its postings in Google for jobs yeah. and Google for jobs is getting, you know, 150 million whatever searches uh, per month in the in the US. If they can optimize and get major traction in Google for jobs, why couldn't they be a major source for traffic? Uh, if they can out-optimize all the job boards and ATSs on Google for jobs, I mean, it could be interesting. Thoughts? If it were that easy, that's the thing. If it were that easy, somebody else would have done it, right? And I think, you know, take a step back in history. Let's talk about the big player in this space first. Indeed didn't start by scraping corporate job content when they launched. Yep. They actually went to direct employers back in, you know, we, we at direct employers back in 2002, before it was actually called direct employers, had yep. this exact vision. We were providing jobs to the entire job board industry. I worked with everybody out there to be able to give them XML feeds of these types of jobs. Even indeed, when they launched, they were working off of our database. Um, But we only did jobs, obviously, that led back to the corporate career sites. Um, The hard part about this, unless they found a different way to do it, is scraping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of sites is a bitch. Maintenance on those scripts because they break all the damn time and navigating through the applicant tracking system issues because you know they believe the quote unquote load was too much for their system that was that was always just a pain in the ass because you were always chasing your tail cuz shit was always breaking but this is a different day and from my understanding and talking to Vencat and and his crew have engineered a much more eloquent process to perform these heavy uh, this heavy task of of job aggregation and it's not just 
just a scrape once every 24 hours or a scrape, you know, once every couple of hours. This is supposed to be more instantaneous process. So if they can, this is actually something that a a recruit holdings would mm-hmm. would prospectively look to buy so that they can re-up what they've been doing for years and they can advance their tech. But if I was one of Indeed's competitors, I would be all over this. I'd be talking to Jobby Yak yesterday. Yeah, I mean he he they talk about real time in the uh the yeah. release and he talked about that and you know speed kills when it comes to to Google and search engines. Exactly. So yeah, if they have a process that can like super continuously get new content and flood it into Google before anyone else sort of does that or you know make Google aware of the content before anyone else. I think that's really intriguing. Yeah. Um see how that works. I, I think the I think the major challenge for them is going to be branding. Um, you know, people do a search in Google and they see Glassdoor and they see LinkedIn and they see, you know, brands that they know. And Jobiak is not a well-known consumer brand by any stretch of the imagination. And to get to that point is either going to take a bunch of money to build that brand or just build it organically over time, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see how this goes. The, the tech is obviously superior, at least in terms of, of what Vincat talked to us about. Mm-hmm. And the 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 prospect of a consumer site buying this is much better than if it was just a technology to optimize postings. So the the buyout price tag becomes much greater if this becomes a, a major you know major machine for putting jobs out, distribution, and optimizing them and, and whatnot. That becomes real real appetizing for for a lot more companies. I think. Yeah, the brand the brand key on this is it doesn't say Jobiak on the button. It says company website because all of these are supposedly going back to the corporate website. So if they can somehow work that out, then uh, then then they then they win at least the Google for Jobs piece, right? Yeah, I, I I know that customers have their brand, but I don't know if the scraping part they can utilize uh, a company brand or a separate brand from that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you're all fired up about the new COVID passport that airlines are throwing out there. I, I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty safe topic, but you're pretty fired up about it. Oh, I, I think this is going to be an issue. So a handful of countries, Germany, Chile, the United States are thinking about immunity passports to make it clear who is immune from COVID. Several US companies are also examining ways of testing employees, uh, mm-hmm. including COVID-19 antibodies, I mean, b- before even allowing them to return to work. So mm-hmm. this is very problematic because, you know, what if, again, you know, you're trying to put a roof over your your head and your kid's head and food in your kid's mouths, but you can't go to work because you haven't gotten the shot yet. You know, I think- right. Rollout means everything. And if this country, at least the United States, and I would say probably the rest of the world too, you know, the the rich white dudes are going to get it first. And they're the ones who shouldn't, they should get it last because they can more than likely do work from home Mm -hmm. and stay safe for a much longer time other than these frontline workers who need it yesterday. So what are your thoughts on government versus like the private sector doing this? Because it sounds like that... The airlines have said, look, government's not going to figure this out. They're going to move too slowly. Yeah. So we need to have our own thing uh, so that we're not waiting around for, for government. 
Yeah, I, I don't know that companies are going to have the ability to just because of uh, the ADA. So yeah. allowing allowing only people with immu- immunity or evidence of past infection to work mm-hmm. would disadvantage those who haven't gotten sick. Th- there are unintentional consequences. It's going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> I think it's going to be a total politicized shit show. You know, on its surface, you sh- on its surface, you should be able to go to Walgreens, CVS, whatever, and you go get the shot, and then you get a- you either get a card, um, or you get like a little wristband or something that indicates to the world that hey, I've been vaccinated, right? So, but then you get it's the political part of it, saying, well, half the people aren't going to get vaccinated, so now you've already you know half the population in one bucket, and you put the other half in another bucket. Or if your children are vaccinated, but you're not, like, how does does that give you preferential treatment in restaurants and bars and nightclubs and other social things? And then do people that don't have, do they resent the people who do and can do those things? And can you penalize corporations for giving preferential treatment to people that have vaccine, vaccines versus those that don't? This thing is going to un- unfold as a total shit show. It's going to be politicized. It's yeah. going to pit people together uh, against each other, which we, you know, obviously we're there. Yeah. But let's just have some more of it. I, I totally get why airlines would say, hey, let's let's figure something out like the, 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 the speed lane uh, when you get, you know, you, you go get your, uh, your pre-check, right? And you mentioned clear, which is like your eye, you know, they look at your eyeball and shit or like, I love being able to go to the airport and I've got my little, you know, ticket thing with my pre-screen yeah. uh, code on it and I can bypass everybody. But I'm sure the people that don't have that look at me and go, what an asshole. Um, now, if I have a little vaccine thing and I can go into places that other people can't, then I'm just a bigger asshole. So this thing is going to be really interesting. But regardless, I'm getting the fucking vaccine. Like how whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever uh, wristband, hat, underwear they give me because of it to show it. Like I'm, I'm ready to do whatever. Yeah, it's it's not about getting it. It's when it's when you get it. Right. It's when they actually line you up to get it. Who gets it first? Um, it's it's the whole prioritization. It's much like when the NBA was put in a bubble and all the all the athletes were uh, getting tested when nobody else could get tested in the U.S. Right? Right. Who? I mean, who was benefiting from that? I mean, obviously the players, but more so the owners, right? Rich white dudes who could afford to keep their money machine moving could do that. What's going to happen with the vaccine? Is it going to be the same thing? Oh, well, we have to keep business moving. So therefore we need to make sure that our players get vaccinated. Well, no, before that we need nurses, teachers, police officers, firemen, people who work Uh, in the community every single day, they are priority, right? Sure. But but we have our priorities fucked up. So here's another one. This this issue has also come out is like, can companies require employees to get the vaccine before they can come to work? And and could companies say, we're only going to hire people that have been vaccinated? Like that's a whole other constitutional thing that could happen as well. But what do you think about companies saying, you can only come in or we'll only hire you if you've had the vaccine? Yeah, I think at that point, the the big difference between the conversation is having uh, accessibility to getting vaccinated, having the opportunity and and choosing to do it or not do it. Right. The first part of the discussion was who's going to have the opportunity. Right. When Mm -hmm. it's available to everyone, then it's a choice. And if you're a dumb motherfucker who didn't get the vaccination, then, you know, I. 
I don't know legally what's going to happen, but yeah. if you didn't, then I, dude, I got no words for you. The second Walmart says we only employ vaccinated folks is the class actions lawsuit of all lawsuits <laughs> because there's going to be a bunch of people that, and lawyers chomping at the bit to sue the fuck out of big companies that, that make that decision. Uh, but it's probably the right business decision, right? Like, wouldn't you rather shop at a, at a store that has all vaccinated employees and has all their customers being vaccinated? Yeah. But if I've been vaccinated, I don't care. And- <laughs> If you're dumb enough uh, not to get vaccinated, okay, good good for you. Just give me the fucking shot. Yes. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No, with Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Have, have you been to Hawaii, Chad? Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait to go yeah. back. Maui. Maui. I've been to Maui. Yeah. I, I, first marriage was in Maui, so I'm not sure my current wife will let me go to Maui ever again. But Yeah, if you keep talking about it, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> so Hawaii was in the news this week. Mm-hmm. The state launched a temporary residency program that they're calling Movers and Shakas. Shakas. I didn't know what is Shakas. Is that a Hawaiian thing? I'm sure it is. Okay. Movers and Shakas, uh, in collaboration with schools and businesses, it's accepting uh, applicants to come live there. They'll pay for the flight and travel out. uh, And you work remotely in Hawaii, obviously Hawaii being a pretty, uh, you know, dependent upon, uh, vacationers and travelers, you know, fund the whole thing mm-hmm. has a little trouble when no one's flying. So this they're hoping will inject some professionals, inject some money into the system. Most people will look at it as a great opportunity to go to Hawaii for free uh, and work remotely. Never mind the time zone difference. Uh, that's that's a whole other ball of wax. So they're yes. accepting their first group group of applicants. Uh, December fifteenth is the cutoff. So if you're listening to this, uh, it's probably about deadline time uh the first round will only have 50 people chosen so it's a pretty pretty small group that they're letting in yeah so you know the hang loose symbol that they they use in hawaii is that the shaka that's it yeah that's it (laughs) oh really i thought you were making that up okay so the shaka is little hang loose thing got it yeah little hang loose so yeah only 50 people is going to be chosen for this so i think this is a a lot about nothing it's like oh look of 50 people it's a free ad for hawaii so yeah it's not really a big deal (laughs) although i think this is the future of the workplace the remote workplace these types of programs are are, are popping up everywhere and i predict this is going to be something that we see permanently in into more uh, of a geo-distributed workforce more states more towns cities hell countries are going to be doing stuff like this, which is, again, one of the issues I have with the Facebook 
payroll, the wage rule, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, there's there's no reason why you should tell me where I should live and pay me a different wage when I'm doing the same fucking work. I should be able to live everywhere, right? And, and getting out of that 1950s mentality, um, I think we're going to finally get there with the more distributed workforce. And, and what Hawaii's looking at here and what Arkansas is looking at, what Tulsa is looking at is they are looking for don't forget Vermont people to come there and spend money. Yeah, I'm just glad that we're upgrading from northern Arkansas to Hawaii. If we can keep that trend going, I'm all for it. Well, Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Italy, Paris, uh, Oslo. Let's get some of these uh, more uh, more interesting places to give us free airfare <laughs> to work there for a while. I like that. I like that. Chad? We shaka out. Shaka out. I'm Rory from Scotland, the country which brought you electricity. Thank you for listening to podcast with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Nada niente. Um, anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Player, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We out. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.